This is CliffCentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the CliffCentral.com website where there's a show for you. Sex Talk on cliffcentral.com, unscripted, unradio, and of course, Sex Talk, most definitely uncensored. I'm all alone in the studio this morning. Tamara's in Israel and she's lost her voice, so she is with us in spirit and with her thumbs on Twitter, which is really, really cool. And I hope you're having a wonderful time there. And I miss you and I missed you at Sexpo last week. And joining us soon, Valentina Mrs. Love from Cape Town, talking about sky dancing, one of the most beautiful, powerful tantric practices. Um, coming up to do some workshops in Joburg, which is really fantastic. So those of you who we saw at Sexpo, and I know a lot of our listeners came to say hi and came to see the shows in the theater, it was so wonderful to meet you and to hear your feedback on the show and so appreciated because we love sharing this and the information and the education and the impact it's having on your lives really, really touches us. So thank you so much for your feedback and your messages. So while we're waiting for Valentina, let us start with this. Ninja sex, chocolate starfish, Twitter bag, Calipogean. Today's dirty dictionary word is apodiopsis. Dirty dictionary word. Apodiopsis. We all do this at some stage. Um, it's not maybe quite what you think it is because it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't involve your hands at all. That's going to be a really interesting word, and I really like the word. So please let us know about that. So what we did at Sexpo was house the theater of the erotic and had 10-plus shows every day of the most authentic sexual expression, real people having real experiences. One of our models ended up squirting 26 times. And it's the first time so many people get to see this for real and it just shows you the sexual power and what we are all capable of and how real and awesome pleasure can be my friend valentina good morning good morning darling can you hear me loud and clear like you were sitting right next to me <laughs> Fantastic. Which you will be soon, which is so beautiful, and I can't wait to see you. I miss you. When yes, I, don't I wanted see you. to say, I wanted to say, I wish, I wish to be sitting there with you. It's a completely different experience, but Absolutely. nevertheless. But the technology, technology is wonderful. Can be our friend. Yes, yes. exactly. Because exactly. it allows us to be in the space. 
So, so sorry, I just heard what you said, and my first question was like 26 times in one day? Four days. Did she squirt? Four in days. In four days. Yes. So, yeah, it's pretty, quite an average. How many times a day? She go for quattro, five times a day. Something, Something like, like that, this. but like each, each show was like two or three different, you know, squirting experiences. Wow. And each one, it was, it was amazing to see because each one was getting more intense and more intense. And, and the, yeah, I'm sure. And the last experience was a first for me, which is beautiful because having been in the world of sexuality for so long, there's not a lot that you see for the first time. So the last, yes. the last experience, firstly, she squirted about six meters across the stage into the audience. And then she brought her legs. And, and what was the reaction? Everybody the just laughing and she laughing. Wet people? She wet people. Did, did someone got because uh, this oh, wow, this was like fountain. This wasn't squirting. This was yes. fountain. And then she brought her legs back into her chest. So every mm-hmm. the angle of her body changes. So it went right up, firstly into her mouth, and then onto the people behind her. Jeez, wow, wow. So, I hope that you filmed it. Did you film we this? We didn't, but we Was got some of the most amazing pictures. Ah, how phenomenal. Let's show you the immensity of this human body, the, the mystery and the majesticness and the possibility beyond imagination. Hey? That's the thing, you know, the what? possibility, because so f- many people settle for such, and I'm not belittling anybody in this because every experience is authentic and valid that everybody has so I'm not belittling your sexual experience and your pleasure at all but it shows you sometimes what we settle for as opposed to what we can experience absolutely you know and this goes to every every quality of life I mean we can speak about love as well you know people settle in romantic relationships that are just uh, Okay, you know, they're not willing to take the risk into loving beyond imagination. And then what can happen? We have no idea how much the heart can feel. The same way, you know, we have no idea how much the body can move into the space of pleasure. I think we can say this generally in life. We, a lot of us, we just settle for, for fear that maybe also that little things we have it's going to be lost. It's going to be taken away. So we hold on to mediocrity, but at least we have it. Yeah. You know, instead of aiming for um, fantastic, (laughs) majestic. Yeah. Yeah. So firstly, do I get that about the love and the heart from my own life personally in such an amazing way? And it also brings to mind how our sexuality becomes a reflection of every other aspect of our lives and how our lives become a reflection of our sexuality. Yes, yes. We spoke this many times yeah. in you actually, hey? Yeah. How you know how you how you present yourself in, in your erotic play reflects so much of how you present yourself in life at large. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and, and are you really surrendering to life? Are you really penetrating life? You know, what is the dance with existence in, in, in sexuality is all there. Yeah. And I wrote something a while ago. It was an arbitrary figure that I picked, and it was based on the idea that there's a general understanding that we use about 10% of our brains. 
and I, mm. I put this in a sexual context or a pleasure context, and I said, I think at a peak, most people experience about 30% of what they are capable of in pleasure terms. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's the same thing. You know, we live in a world which really celebrates and encourages mediocrity in every aspect yes. of life. And I think that's why so many people find higher levels of pleasure so scary because it really shatters the mediocrity. Yes. And there's a beautiful phrase I've been playing with in my mind. It's an article that I'm kind of slowly writing, but it's the phrase is the anarchy of pleasure. Yeah. Of how yeah. of how an enormous pleasure experience shatters our lives, our world, our beliefs and shows us so much more of who we are in every aspect of our being. Hmm. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I really, uh, it's delicious. I'm loving that phrase and playing with it. Yeah, yeah, this, I mean, it's really profound wisdom, is ultimate wisdom, and, and I think that's why I, 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 I really love sexuality because it's such a great metaphor for everything, for, mm. for living. And the thing is, we all do it. You know, I don't have to get anybody to think about imagining jumping from an airplane, imagining, you know, surfing, if you've never surfed. Mm. But sex, we all do it. And so we all have access to that potentiality. And um, and so it's a tool that is available to everybody um, throughout all our life. So I think it's, it's such a... Um, it's such a shame when we don't enter it and we, when we don't explore it and uh, develop it. Because, as you said, yes, I totally agree with you. Pleasure, when we're shattering into this tremendous pleasure, we understand, oh, my God, I am really something beyond this body, beyond this mind, beyond my little identity that is a mother, is a daughter, is a wife, it's a teacher, you know, it's a scholar. Then you become the force of existence moving and and those are the moments when we really experience it. And once we have that experience, no one can take it away from you. No one can come and tell you that that was not real. Mm. Because that experience is what is going to change your perception of reality. In fact, what is real now? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's not that I touched the sky. I became the sky. And everybody can tell me, oh, but it was just an experience of your senses. Yes, it was. And he's real, <laughs> you know, and then God is an experience of the senses, you know, in, in, in tantric term, in traditional tantra, the understanding that we have the senses in this body to experience the divine. That's where the tools we have available. And so pleasure, it's one of the greatest experience because it encompasses many senses. There is a sense of smell, the sense of touch. The sense of ear, the sounds involved, the smell involved. We all know, you know, the experience of pleasure has all these senses involved. And so it's one of the stronger possibility to really sense God, sense the divine. Yeah. I wrote about that last week in an article where I said that essentially feeling becomes the truth. 
more than thought, mm. more than the mind. That the more we try and understand the experience, the further we move away from the experience. Mm. Because we're totally. trying to, we're trying to put it in a box. We're putting labels. We're putting words. We're putting it as negative or positive, good or bad, right or wrong. Mm. Instead of simply being in it. And then from there, wisdom tends to come. That's, yeah, that's not feeling. about that's not about understanding it. It's about living it yeah. and being it. Yeah, where you actually yeah. are being totally the agree. experience, you're being the energy, you're being the pleasure. Yeah. Also, because you know our intellect is limited, and yeah. so everything we try to make sense with the intellect, sure we can make sense, but it's always going to go as far as we can think. And now, what the possibility that life can go beyond my imagination? Mm. You know, this is when we're really touching the realm of mystical experience, the realm of wonderment. And, um, and one thing I'm, I'm, I'm meditating a lot lately is the concept of the mind. And I realize, you know, I think we, a lot of us people by default, we associating the mind with the brain and the intellect. Mm. And I start to think, no, thinking happens in the brain is an of the brain, like, um, you know, other organs of the body has specific um, duty to, to undertake the functionality of organs. So the brain thing, but the brain is not the mind. The mind is actually in the body. Mm. And, and often we talk about divine mind, you know, is the mind that creates everything, but it's not a thinking brain. The mind is an experience of the body. The mind is in every single cell in my body, is imbibed with mind. And so, to, as you say, when you're entering the feeling, we are allowing the true mind to realize the truth, you know, because then the feeling is a sensation intrinsic in the body, my skin, um, uh, the cells, the blood running, and that's true mind. And therefore, that's where wisdom arises from, not from the thinking brain. The thinking will also inform the mind together with everything else. But I think we give it too much relevance. We think everything happened at the level of the brain. And uh, um, I start meditating this in a different way. And suddenly, I, I, there's been so much a creation of, of, of greater space in my body and um, and I'm really sensing this body mind, mm. you know. It, it really means this: the mind is in my cells, in every single cell in yeah. my body. There is mind so in my nails. There is mind, you know. There's a beautiful mm. tie into this. And in a, a session with a client yesterday, there was a phrase that I used for the first time in this exact context, and the phrase was the sensual field of your body. Yes. That that's what your body is. It's this field of sensuality that is so far beyond the, the physical boundaries of the body. Yeah. We are so much more could, than just this five foot four person that's me. In physical definition. And that could be called, that could also be called divine mind. Yeah. It's exactly your sensual field. It, there is no difference. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about sky dancing. Mm, yes, yes. Sky dancing is a uh, it practice I'm, I'm I'm really really fond with because also it's a becomes a practice that is a non-practice becomes 
can it can become a habit of being um, that is giving me enormous pleasure in the past uh, five years that I've been um, implementing that into my living, and so it's it's one of my innermost lover that I like to share, of course, as we all should on this planet. <laughs> we should share the best lovers. Absolutely. You know, we have this habit that we want to keep them exclusive. <laughs> and girlfriend fights over the, the best lover when in reality that, you know, true girlfriend mm. should really share their lovers. <laughs> so, so sky dancing, it's a practice uh, of uh, allowing the spaces in the body uh, to be felt, you know. And so as you've been speaking about the feeling of a movement in the body, rather than in an intellectualization, oh, what is this and what am I going to do with this? And so, um, for example, we're speaking about sensuality and eroticism. And so let's bring erotic arousal. There is a sensation of erotic arousal and normally we contract around it because it often can happen in very what we call an appropriate moment. And uh, of course, again, is our little mind dictating these comments, you know, uh, whether in reality any time for erotic arousal is completely appropriate. That's what make us alive but we have ideas you know or maybe there is a person that shouldn't arouse us maybe it's the husband of my best friend um, or maybe someone that is way too old for my ideas and so we have all this idea around arousal so when the body starts reacting to a person or an experience we we start to control that And uh, instead of allowing that movement to move through my body and to start creating spaces in my body, because remember, I mean, you know this very well, John, with all the work you do, but when we contract around sexual energy, we start to create blocks. And uh, what we do, we're creating pressure onto an, an energy that actually wants to move. We're bottling it down. And, you know, in long term, that will create disease, discomfort, um, uh, would create perversion also. And, yeah, because uh, it can't and, be expressed in the way that it, that it should be or that its natural expression is. Exactly. And so sky dancing, I mean, I, I don't really go into the detail of the technique. Now I'm like really speaking about um, philosophically. Mm. It's when we just allow this energy to move through my body, to move my body as it wants to move me. And often we're going to see is not going to be stay centered in the genital. It's interesting because always with this idea to control sexuality, we contract it in the genital all mm. the time. <laughs> and then we create all this problem around the genital and sexual area. I mean, we've got an epidemic now in the world of the highest case of uh, um, cancer related to the reproductive organs, you know, in men and women. And what does it mean that this energy that wants to move in the body, we constantly pushing it down and down is around our genital, which then consequently we are ashamed of. So we don't even properly release it there. And instead, I've noticed that when we let this energy moving by surprise, it will is going to naturally move up. 
It wants to move throughout the whole body. And this is the natural movement of sexuality. And so it will move into the lung, into your breath, into the heart. It will move around the neck, in the back of the shoulder. It will then start to move down my arms, into my hand, into my finger. And then it move up into my head so that my whole body is actually being danced by this energy. That's why we call it sky dancing. It feels like the body become is being danced by life force. And when we let this happen, when I let go of any idea that I have about, as you say early, right and wrong, uh, male, female, and sacred and profound, what is allowed, what is appropriate, and what is not. Because all this idea is what creates thickness in my body. It's what creates an over-embodiment. And, and it con- the contraction creates matter to become very solid. So the opposite of that, when we let go of all of that, the body will start to become more transparent, more light. And so... In the uh, Kashmir tradition of Tantra, we, we use this word sky dancing because it looked like the sky is dancing me. In other words, there is no more me as I intend me, myself to be. But there is this sexual energy, which we can call life force, which we can call chi or prana, that moves through my body and in that way really allow me al- align myself to the natural vibration of existence. And so in that way, it looks like the wind is dancing me, that I am becoming a breath of existence, that I'm not holding on to anything anymore, but I let this movement guide me towards perhaps my life purpose, rather than me deciding who I am and what am I supposed to do and who I should have sexual arousal for and when to have it. It's very important also. You know, all this idea really contract me into this very defined expression of who I am as a human being. And there is no more flow. Hmm. You know, we stuck. And you and perhaps you know this very well, like I do the people that normally visit my session room, perhaps like your session room, are the people that knows there is a flow and they're lacking flow and they want to reconnect with the flow. We're using this word, the flow of my mm. sexuality. You know what's Because sexuality, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. tell what, me. What's fascinating with this is we have put the criterion of orgasm as being the definition of a successful sexual experience. And that's how most of our <laughs> world views sex. And that yeah. becomes the trap that keeps us from this flow. Completely. Because that's Completely. what we focus on. We have to do that. So if you and I are having sex, I have to make you come. You have to buy into that. Yes. And once that Orgasm, which for most of us, the way that, that most people experience that is this totally contractive experience, which shuts exactly. that flow down, and then it takes us away from the purpose of our sexuality. So it becomes an absolutely paradoxical state of being. Completely. And, completely. And everything. And also, you know. 
everything in the porn industry, everything in the porn industry is focused on that idea of orgasm and for men ejaculation. Yeah. And I've never looked at it like that before, that that becomes one of the biggest depictions of the limitation of sexuality. Completely. Regardless of. It's a prison. Yeah, regardless of anything else it does, that's what so much of porn is displaying. Yes, and and then it keeps the addiction into a prison state of sexuality, which many people in our contemporary world think is liberation because I'm free to have have as many orgasms Mm. as I want and I can watch porn freely. I I don't have to be ashamed. Yes, 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 it's okay. It's an apparent freedom. But in the, in the long run, it's actually the greatest prison. Because as we say, you know, in sky dancing, the idea that I'm letting this sexual energy move into the body. And when I'm, I really get out of the way, the, the energy naturally moves up. So if you think about it, what we do in orgasm, in the contractive expression of orgasm, once the energy wants to go up, and then when it goes up, it gets to the head. And then the first thing that it does, it creates a subtle sense of panic because the ego will know in that moment is losing grip. Mm. Because in that moment, you might forget who you are. <laughs> in that moment, you might forget you have a body. So ego, it's losing control over you, which will be the first step towards a different type of freedom, you know, like is a mystical experience is it's freedom from being a person. So what we do, uh, because, of course, we are being educated in this society that uh, that um, wants to culture the ego that wants to control. We believe that when we are in control, we are OK. It's good. We can protect ourselves. So what do we contract this tremendous force into ejaculation, which push it out, down and out. Mm. I mean, um, masculine ejaculation is a beautiful visual expression of what we do in the invisible world as well, you know. So there is this fluid, this water, this liquid force that is sexuality. You know, in, in, in uh, Indian terminology, and everybody that does yoga has heard of prana, and we call them the river the river of the body, the river of energy. And it's interesting we're using this word river because in the metaphysics of sex, actually, it's a liquid force. There is a fluidity of this sexual force. And uh, it goes under the skin into the blood. So there is a component of liquidness. And so what we do, we shoot it out. And so we don't let it enter and go up inside. And, uh, and and take us beyond. Hmm. And, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a great paradox. <laughs> I just have this amazing, amazing vision. This is amazing. I'm getting quite emotional here with this. There's this knowledge that every body of water in the world is linked. Mm. You know, that all of the oceans are linked, all of the rivers, mm. all of the seas. Mm. If we expand that into the idea of sexual fluidity – the sexual mm. fluid within all of us, which flows within all of us, is one of the greatest forces of connection between all of us. True. And one Completely. of the most amazing uniting forces. Um, because one of the biggest lessons on any journey of, of spiritual growth is the connection between me and all life. That I am you and you are me and we're all one in this journey. Yeah. 
And the more Completely. that we can have that fluid expression with that idea of consciousness, the more it connects us to all life. Totally. And my pleasure is and yours then, and your pleasure is mine. And in that moment, we become one and one with life. Yes. And then the water of this planet is not separated from my own water. And then, uh, you know, this is what always also we called eco-sexuality is exactly this, you know. Yeah. And then every time I have a shower, I can have an erotic experience with the waters. Mm-hmm. So Mine. Outside of mine, you know. <laughs> yeah. And we need to expand, then it means that our definition of erotic needs to really expand from this very narrow little box that we take out and use in very specific circumstances, very specific contexts with very specific people, and then we hide it away again. Yes. That existence yes. becomes erotic. Yes. My very existence yeah, you're, you're, is, is an erotic expression. It's an erotic expression. So in the practice of sky dancing, you know, that also can be called Tandava in some, in some different school, but it's the same practice. When you're resting in the empty space in your body, then you realize that you are a space and you are not separated from the space outside of you. And so that then any any expression of life can enter the spaces of your being, namely the wind. You know, as I'm talking to you, I'm looking at this tree outside my house and the wind is stroking the leaves and the leaves are stroking the space. It's like a tickle. And this leaf looks like um, thousands of little fingers that are stroking the atoms of space. You know, you, you, I, I see reality like this. Mm. And that creates an instant tickles of the edges of my skin because I am then not separated from this space that is between me and the tree. And so perhaps the tree is tickle me, is tickling me. And this creates an erotic response in my being, which the ultimate... Um, uh, use of that that makes me feel loved. Mm. Then I know the tree is noticing me. The tree is one with me and I'm not alone. And then I'm reminded that I am loved. And and this is the purpose of sexuality actually. Is that completely one time a teacher said something really beautiful that says men and women come together to remember they were never apart. Mm. You know, we come together to remember we were always together and that makes us feel loved. And and that's the true essence of sex. When we understand this, then you can find this quality into so many other uh, possibility of connectedness mm. um, that will bring peace and fulfillment in my being. Mm. You know, and when I'm really fulfilled, then I'm becoming a, a love operator, <laughs> you know, and this is uh, what I call lover. It's why, we, lover. it's why we seek orgasm again and again, because even in those brief few seconds of orgasm, that's the experience of it. Oh, com- exactly. At its level. So we seek to come back to that again and again and again and again. And our bodies then, and particularly our genitals, simply are the portal for that energy to begin its expression. Completely, completely. And, you know, I'm reading a beautiful book on the metaphysics of sex at this moment that just uh, 
trash the whole uh, theory of evolution that we have sex because we need to so maintain, you know, the um, the species on the planet mm. is actually it's proved. I'm not gonna go now in the in all the detail. Is a big book, book, but the you know the book. Know the, the essence book. is that no, we come together to experience ultimate love that mm. is stronger than reproduction. And, and you can simply put it that we know there are many couples, they make love a lot, they love each other profoundly, and still they cannot conceive, you know, and that's so simple. And sometimes they should, in, into my view, they could maybe so surrender this idea of conceiving, but just embrace the ultimate purpose of lovemaking that is a mystical experience mm. of understanding reality, coming together to understand that we are everything and then operate in the world from that perspective, you know. So I'm not seeking for anything to fulfill me, but I am becoming aware of the cosmic endless orgasm that is already happening. I just have to join in. You see, the movement is very different. Mm. I'm not moving toward orgasm. I am relaxing back into myself. This is the practice of sky dancing. And when I'm relaxing enough, I'm noticing there is already an endless cosmic, a cosmic orgasm that is pervading everything. And, and if I rest enough inside of me, I can just join in. It's already happening. It's already there. When I don't I, need to do anything to get there. Exactly. I just need to be you just have to join it. in. That's it. And that yes. for us becomes the hardest thing because sex is an act of doing not an act of being. Yes. And we, well, it's perceived as that. It's perceived yes. as that. Yes. And I'm, yeah. I'm happy for that on one level because it allows me to teach so many workshops which are about the technique. <laughs> but ultimately, ultimately, when you really get it, the technique is simply a doorway into the space. Yes. And that's yes. where it takes you, like expanded orgasm. That's where it takes you. It's not about… Yeah. Having a 20-minute orgasm, it's about what it becomes a doorway into. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, all the techniques also have a purpose, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, which I always say, you know, you practice all the technique, but when you make love, you just make love. You let mm. it all go. But if you practice the technique enough, you've got them such as intrinsic part of your being. And then you let them dance, you know, it just means you'll be more supple, you have more control of your breath, your touch is more um, accurate and, and full of presence, you know, you know where to touch and you lose clumsiness. But um, I always say, you know, often I also teach and then also in the practice of sky dancing, because ultimately to apply that to lovemaking is so beautiful. But then after a while, I had the women coming back to me, tell me, oh, no, I'm doing this while I'm making love with my man. And he actually gets so angry because I'm telling you how to do it. And mm. I'm sitting on top of him. And he's actually is not happy anymore. He feels so manipulated. And I have to totally agree with that, you know. So I had to refine my teachings. Mm. So now my, my first piece of teaching is like, okay, do not apply this while you have sex. Yeah. You practice this ab alone before at all time in your living, you practice. Mm. Because then when you make love, there is no practice. You just have to relax. That's the only thing in lovemaking. You must let go of everything yeah. you think you know.
so that the mystery and the miracle of sex can take place. You know, but it's like, you know, we're driving, we go to to driving classes to learn to drive. At the beginning, you do that. And then you don't even think about it when you're driving. You know, you just relax and, and your body just takes over, you know, and then you can go into the enjoyment. And mm. and it's a little bit like this, you know, we need to have some technique. Yeah. If someone can teach us some basic, yeah, I think. Yeah, we need that. And that's what gets us there. Because we don't get it at school, yeah. and uh, and that's the biggest uh, lack of our society. You know, we should be taught this technique at school. Actually, we should implement massage and touch work in primary school. Absolutely. You know, where at age of five and six and seven, and uh, unfortunately, it doesn't happen. So we have to start all of this again. No, we move further but and never- further away from it. Completely. But as I I always say, you know, it's never too late to become a wonderful lover. Never. And, uh, yeah, and and actually I think the the more you grow old, I mean, this morning I had this beautiful fantasy to start to teach Tantra in retirement villages. Mm -hmm. Because people always tell me they don't have time. They don't, they're so busy. They don't have time. And you know, Tantra, it's a practice that wants your time. It wants all of you and all of your time. Either you're in it fully or you can't really understand and write the benefit. And I hear people are busy. And so I think, okay, maybe when they come to the retirement village, They'll have the time. people have a lot of time. Yeah. You know, years <laughs> ago, I should start teaching then. <laughs> years ago, I was reading a novel and there was one line from it that has stuck in my head to this day. It's kind of along the same lines. It said, there are things you learn about pleasing a woman that you will only learn when the hair on your balls has gone gray. <laughs> and I loved it. And that is so true. Because <laughs> then we can relax into it. And that's one of the reasons that very often older men and younger women and younger men and older women work so well together on a sexual level simply because of that amazing mix of energies and patience. Yes. And, and you know why so many ancient societies had sexual initiators who were older, firemen and firewomen, to actually teach people these practices. Yeah, and this is very important, actually, because you teach the young one to relax. Yeah. That's, the, you know, the unspoken, to completely relax in the moment and, um, and to take care of yourself also, to stop performing for the other. Mm. And uh, and as we grow older, we know this, and uh, and then sexual pleasure become much greater than a weapon in the bedroom. We know it starts to feed everything else, and um, yeah. So there is there is some pearl. There are some pearls in that are accompany the gray air. Eh? Definitely, <laughs> there are some pearls in growing old. Definitely, and. Uh, and why not? You know, to be to be beautiful lovers takes takes really long time, perhaps a lifetime. Yeah, it does yeah. because it's a it's a constant practice, and that's yes. that's this is how I've come to see it. And this came to me. I did a a yoga workshop probably about eighteen months ago, and it was looking at the emotional reliefs of some of the yoga postures. What are the specific postures tap into emotionally? And my understanding Mm -hmm. of it was if you imagine that there's this field of energy 
And right in the middle of that is where is this amazing confluence of where your body is in this natural flow where the energy is moving through you. So it's more where the yoga is doing you than you're doing the yoga. Exactly. And the more that we do the practices, and this becomes the purpose of them, of doing the yoga, of meditating, of breathing, of all of these other things, the closer we get to that place. Yes. And that's where the moments of it just happen and where it becomes a state of being rather than a state of doing. Yeah. It's exactly the orgasm is already happening. Life is already happening. So the whole orgasmic field is every time you have an orgasm, you're in that field. But the more that you allow that energy and the more you allow the different expressions of it, kind of the closer you're getting to the center of that field. Completely, completely. Instead of just and being on the, the edges of, of it. sexuality. Yeah. Yes, where, where there is the knowing, you know. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we are terrified of that. That also has to be said. You know, I had to work a lot when I worked around my sexuality. I think it took me about 10 years to really overcome this fear. And the more I dug under the fear, I was afraid of my own sexual power in mm. a sense i was afraid that if i would unleash this power it would destroy everything because i could sense the rawness and the intensity and because i've suppressed it for about 20 years of course now you're so terrified to take off the lid because this is going to be a bomb and my biggest fear that i would harm the people that were close to me like like a bomb would do you mm. know that i would i would harm the people i would love the most because they could see maybe a beast maybe this untamed animal you know in in tantra we have this archetypal of kali and a lot of women identify with that and we are so scared we keep putting it under a lid and under a lid. Is this woman, I mean, I have this picture that uh, ejaculated, you know, 26 mm. times, you know, and I'm so glad that she felt the safety and the relaxation to do it there with you, with people watching her, that she, this is a power of nature that it's she inc- unleashed. It's incredible. It's incredible. Power and to see but it you know, growing. Yes, and you know, the majority of women, every woman has that potentiality. That's it. But the majority of women would never enter that. And the, the main reason is because we are afraid of this enormous movement that is mm. within us. We are terrified that it's going to break everything we love. Yeah. And this is because we never actually truly met it. But this is, I'm really fond of this uh, practice of sky dancing, you know. Uh, also, we think this this is going to explode our genital and we're going to turn into nymphomaniac and we're going to want to fuck everything that moves. But it's not true. This is because education associated uh, a sexuality to genital movement and orgasm, yeah. as we just spoke about it. But the truth is when we find the courage to sit with it and we let it move, we will be surprised the way it wants to move are such delicate movement. It's like the wind. And yes, there are the waterfall, but you see this woman didn't kill anybody. She blessed everybody with her waters. Yeah. She blessed them with the wonderment 
I'm sure people sat there having a vision, you know, of the divine feminine. That's what it is. That's why we have baptism at birth, you know. That's why we putting people in the water. They put their head under the water, you know. And so the way I see this woman blessed anybody that was so fortunate to be watching that and to be touched by her waters. Mm which, you know, in tantric term, they called Amrita, the elixir of, of the immortality. Yeah. Yes, and, and it's actually, immortality. And when you, as a woman and as a man, when you get in touch with that power, you actually become incredibly discerning as to who you share that energy with. So instead of, Thank you. Instead of going on this absolute nymphomaniacal fuckfest, you actually yes. become incredibly discerning and careful. As to yes. who you share this with. Incredibly, yeah, sensitive. Yeah, and, and I look at my journey gentle. of how that changed. And for example, when I stopped saying that every sexual experience has to end in an orgasm, and that more times than not it doesn't, how many women struggled with this and couldn't get this? And what's wrong with me? And what am I doing wrong? And for me to say, yes. that's about me, yes. not about you. And whether I have an orgasm or not is my choice based on the experience I would like to have. Yes, and that doesn't dictate the quality of this moment. I'm still having a wonderful time, and we are here together, and this is beautiful. This is also tied up with what we said early. Because we allowed our mind to dictate the possibility of what we don't know and that's why it's called the unknown because Mm. the mind is not to know that so my limited mind has idea about sex, orgasm and eroticism and so I think that if I'm unleashing my true wild sexuality it means I'm going to go around fucking the trees and that is really not acceptable and this is the only place the mind can go and I mean and look at that, how limiting is that, how gross is Absolutely. But when we allowed to get that courage, we need it requires courage to go to these places that goes beyond the mind. Then I can have that possibility to touch realm, and then and then you look at it and you say, "Hey, look at that! Yes, it is wild my sexuality because it's intuitive. That's why I call it wild. It's like the animal; it works on instinct, and my instinct has got more wisdom than my mind has." You know, by instinct, every woman know when not to trust a man. And often the woman that gets sexually abused override her instinct because this one is daddy's friend. Why should I not trust daddy's friend? So the mind intervene with social conditioning and we override the instinct, but the instinct is wise. So when I allow my sexuality to be wild, it's actually become completely wise and then Look what happened, as me and you have experienced. And how many, I don't go around fucking, fucking trees at all, yeah. you know. And how many people stay in, stay in mm. abusive relationships because of that, because they're not listening to their heart, to their spirit? Yes, and to their intuition. Yeah. Yes, and, and they accept socialization because to be married is better than to be single. There is yeah. an idea maybe. And so I accept abuse and I quote love when in reality we have no idea what love is. Mm. Love is not something we do. We don't love someone. We use it as a verb. It's not a verb. It's a state of being. Mm. 
And, and again, love is already there. And if I relax enough, I can rest into the arm of love. Mm-hmm. And I can let love move me and inform my existence. And then I, it's beautiful. I can lose control. I have no control. You know, mm-hmm. why should I have control? You know, love's controlling everything already. <laughs> so in brief and without going into too many details, what happens at a sky dancing workshop and retreat? Yes, I wanted to actually take this opportunity, if uh, I may, to invite the women that are listening today. Um, I've got a retreat on sky dancing coming up shortly from the 1st to the 8th of December in the Limpopo area in a beautiful isolated uh, game lodge and uh, and what happened in this retreat that we we're gonna undress this is the yoga of naked awareness and you know yoga is an attitude of the mind and so everything we spoke about today you know it takes time for us to embody all this idea of letting go of the mind mm. and so we will take time to to nurse um our fear you know because they need to be addressed we can't just dump to fear. Yeah. Create another resistance to the fear of letting go, you know, and then is a loop. So there is a lot of nursing of our fear and we're going to go and look at them and we're going to go and look at what they are covering. And so we, everybody has a personal history in our sexuality that needs to be looked into and addressed. So mm-hmm. we start with that. We start with what is real. We start with what I'm fearing around my sexuality. We start to look at my sexual habit and we take that home. We don't discharge anything. We put everything in the heart. We nurse it. So there is a lot of holding. We hold each other. We come home. We finding place in our body. I use the practice of traditional tantra that you know, and um, it's very nourishing. Mm. So that we learn that our body is a place of safety, and we can come home to our body. And in that place, there will be me, my heart, that takes home everything and, uh, and doesn't reject anyone. This is the mother. That is the true feminine. We speak a lot about divine feminine, and for me, this is her. Mm. It's my heart that takes home all my fear and all my shadow and all my dark side so that I first have to look at that and love it. And when we love this, spaces will open in our body. And we then I introduce practice where we learn to move the body in circular way rather than linear ways, you know, like the planet are moving in circle. Mm. The sun makes a circle all the time. The earth is round. So to be understood that life is round, my existence, it's a round movement, not linear. And sex, often it's a linear friction as well that reflects the misunderstanding. Energy moves from our genitals to our heart, back to our genitals, to someone someone else, back to us, to life, back to us. Spiraling, circling yeah. and spiraling. The spiral is a circle that spins out. It keeps going out mm. in a circular fashion, constantly outward. And that's the DNA. I mean, it's fascinating. You look at science and you constantly find the circle. And then the circle is pierced by awareness. That's the true penetration. When I bring my attention, that circular movement, that's the true penetration. You know, there is that point of intention. 
That's the sperm that entered the circle. It's the point of attention. That is me. That is this I. And so sometimes the attention becomes the witness. And, and when we start witnessing this, this movement in our body, then wonderment arouse. That is what I call the romance of life. Then we get the wonderment of, of um, how amazing life can become, you know. And in, 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 you know, and then I, uh, I thread everything with the traditional teachings of Tantra because I found them extremely fascinating. It's, they are so poetic. And there they've got a term called fascinating wonder. It's called Vismayo in Sanskrit. And in the Shiva Sutra, that is one of the, the classic texts for Kashmir Tantra, it is said that the true yogi has embraced not all this asana, physical pretzel position, uh, but the true complicated attitude of the mind, asana of the mind, is embracing fascinating wonderment in every moment, with every breath. Wow, <laughs> this is big, because in every moment we can have anger and we can have rejection. We can f- all, also all these feelings are just feeling that can be imbibed with fascinating wonderment. You know, mm. um, when we rest into them, when we let go of this idea that they are mine and there is something wrong with me, me. But then we do this practice. It's a practice, sky dancing and tandava. Men can do it also. Mm. It's the practice that I'm relaxing into my body and I allow the, the empty spaces, even in anger, even in rage. If we take a deep breath and we accept that the rage is moving me, well, there you go. There is a dance happening in my body already mm. that I can explore. Weird. Wow. How is rage moving me how is rage dancing me where is and then i go and sorry sorry i just want to finish this i can go the empty spaces that are also intrinsic in uh, in that movement of rage the empty spaces when i let go of this idea there is my rage and is because of this mm. story you know so where can people and get then, a little bit more information Okay, so I've got a, a, a new own website called thelaboratoryoflove.com. And so certainly people can find more of me there. And they can find the Sky Dancing Retreat that is coming in a month's time. And immediately after Sky Dancing, we're going to do the Yoga of Sex, where I invite men also to join us into this dance. And, uh, you know, my my idea, my dance is that I would prepare the women to hold this container mm. and then we invite the men to come and rest into the circular movements of sex and um, and they'll be hold and guided. Mm. You know, we have to, to really turn this dance of eroticism around. You know, we come from a world where there is this belief system that man needs to show us about sexuality. Man leads the way. Man leads the sexual playground, you know. And we're turning and that around. We need to, yes. Yeah. I think for the sake of life itself, we need to really start to, as you spoke earlier, you know, the water of the planet. Yeah. Women have a lot of tangible water, you know, in that squirting, that ejaculation we use. 
speak and keep that image in mind. For me, it's a beautiful image. Thank you for giving it to me. You know, in our, in, throughout our conversation, I have this picture you know, of the waterfall of existence yeah. that is the body of woman. You know? yeah. Valentina, thank you so much. Um, it's always, it's amazing. I love the conversations <laughs> that we have and I can't wait to see you in Joburg and to hold you and to feel you and to be in the same space is just so beautiful. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, it's such thank an you. honor. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much for the, the amazing work you do and um, for your your poetic imaginary that you give me, you know. I'm loving this woman <laughs> that ejaculate twenty six times in four days, you know. She's my hero for today. Thank you for for, for exp- allowing her to express because you have created that space, you see. And then it's so easy for woman really be all of herself and beyond what she can imagine to be. Yes. So thank you. Um, you are a true lover. You are a true lover and I, I really honor you. Apo- thank you so much. Apodiopsis, our daily dictionary word, the art of mentally undressing someone. It's a delicious, delicious word. I wish you all so much pleasure. Cliffcentral.com